Friends, for the last few weeks, we have spent time exploring lessons from the wilderness. Matthew shared that the wilderness is brought up over 300 times in scripture. It's all over the place, both physical places of wilderness, as well as emotional seasons, where we just don't know the next right steps. So today, we are bringing you another story from the wilderness. So listen now for what God might be saying to you today in scripture. A reading from Acts chapter 8, verses 26 through 34. Then an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Get up and go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a wilderness road. So he got up and went. Now there was an Ethiopian eunuch, a court official of the Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, in charge of her entire treasury. He had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning home seated in his chariot. He was reading the prophet Isaiah. Then the spirit said to Philip, go over to this chariot and join it. So Philip ran up to it and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah. He asked, do you understand what you're reading? And the eunuch replied, how can I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to get in and sit beside him. Now the passage of scripture that he was reading was like this. Like a sheep he was led to the slaughter and like a lamb silent before its shearer. So he does not open his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, about whom, may I ask, does the prophet say about? Himself or someone else? Then Philip began to speak, and starting with the scripture, he proclaimed to him the good news about Jesus. As they were going along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, here is water. What is to prevent me from being baptized? He commanded the chariot to stop and both of them, Philip and the eunuch, went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. The eunuch saw him no more, and went on his way rejoicing. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Have you ever noticed that there are some conversations that just seem to stick together? In my family, if we start talking about my grandmother, we'll end up talking about her cooking. If we start talking about Atlanta, we'll end up talking about the Braves. If we start talking about the church, we'll just never stop because that's what happens when you have seven generations of preachers in your family. Here in Dallas, I've noticed that if you start talking about queso, one of my favorite subjects, you'll end up debating restaurants. At Preston Hollow, if you start talking about Easter, you'll end up talking about the flower cross and the pecan grove. And if you start talking to our youth about summer trips, they'll simply start counting down the days. There are some conversations that just stick together. Brene Brown is a name that has been mentioned several times from our pulpit. She is a well-known writer and researcher, and in her first TED Talk on vulnerability, Brene shared something from her research that supports this idea. She said, when you ask people about love, 
they tell you about heartbreak. When you ask people about belonging, they'll tell you their most excruciating experiences of being excluded. And when you ask people about connection, the stories they tell are about disconnection. Some conversations just stick together. And I think that applies to God and the wilderness too. In my experience, when you ask people about God, and if you listen long enough, they'll often tell you about the wilderness. Why? Why do these topics of conversation stick together? I wonder if it's because for so many of us, the wilderness is where we figure out what we believe. The wilderness is the place where what once was that made sense or was assumed doesn't always make sense anymore. And when that happens, Everything gets stripped away, and we either have to rebuild our faith or renew and reaffirm our faith. The wilderness is where we figure out what we believe. So this is my theory. If you ask people about queso, they'll tell you about their favorite restaurant. If you ask people about love, they'll tell you about heartbreak. And if you ask people about God, and if you listen long enough, they'll often tell you about the wilderness. Some conversations just stick together like that. With all that said, it only makes sense that our text for today, a story of two people talking about God, would take place in the wilderness. Our text begins with God sending Philip out on a journey with instructions to take the south road from Jerusalem to Gaza, which was the road less traveled. Philip had been teaching and preaching throughout different Samaritan villages and had been highly successful. And yet, God has other plans. So God pulls Philip from his successful role as teacher and preacher and sends him out into the wilderness, out into the unknown. And on that desert road, Philip meets an Ethiopian eunuch. Now, we never learn the eunuch's name which is not uncommon in scripture. However, his title, his description should catch our attention. For the title of Ethiopian eunuch tells us that this man was an outsider in almost every way. As an Ethiopian, his skin would have been black, which could have made him feel like an outsider by race in the part of the world he was traveling. As a foreigner, he would have traveled months to arrive in Jerusalem for worship, which would have made him an outsider culturally. And third, and maybe most notable of all, as a eunuch, he would have been considered an outsider to both men and women, as well as to organize religion. You see, eunuchs were men who had been surgically castrated or were deformed at birth, preventing them from procreating. This was often done to men working in palace positions around women to ensure that there would be no threat or temptation. However, it came with the side effect of being an outsider in every circle. Eunuchs were not included in the world of men. Eunuchs were not included in the world of women, and Jewish law prevented any person with a deformity from entering the temple. So similarly, eunuchs were not allowed in worship. So Philip stumbles upon this eunuch, 
a man isolated by his reality, a man whose life probably knows the wilderness. And he hears him reading scripture. It's an unlikely encounter out here on this desert road, but Philip, prompted by the Spirit, runs up to the carriage and asks the eunuch if he understands what he is reading. And the eunuch admits he doesn't. Who among us hasn't been there before? So together, Philip and the eunuch travel down that bumpy wilderness road, studying scripture and talking about faith. What I would give to have been a fly on that wall. It's a beautiful discipleship moment. And it is here, miles outside city center, that the tradition and rules of the city fall away. And Philip and the eunuch are left with nothing but open sky and God. And somewhere along this journey, Philip tells the eunuch about Jesus. And somewhere along this journey, the eunuch turns to Philip and asks, what is to prevent me from being baptized? And that question, what is to prevent me from being baptized? That question gives me goosebumps every time. Because if I understand the text, the eunuch is not asking about ritual. The eunuch is asking Philip who he believes God is. The eunuch is saying they wouldn't let me in the temple in Jerusalem. The faith preached back in Jerusalem didn't have room for me, but what about here? We're in the wilderness now. Could God have room for me here? What is to prevent me from being baptized? It seems to me that the eunuch is rebuilding his faith. He is letting go of the city's exclusive faith and is choosing a bigger and more compassionate view of God that includes him in his entirety which means he's not asking Philip a ritual question about baptism. He's asking Philip, who do you say that God is? And so the eunuch is baptized, and it's holy. And as far as we know, the story ends in joy. Now, admittedly, there are dozens of lessons we could take from these eight verses, but what I want us to hold on to today is what the eunuch teaches us about the wilderness and faith. For did you notice what happened when the eunuch found himself alone, outcast on that desert road? He dug into scripture. He asked hard questions. He leaned on the faith of those around him. He partook in holy ritual. And most importantly, he allowed himself to leave behind the rigid faith of the city to claim a bigger and broader faith here in the wilderness. And that is hard but holy work. And I think it's the very thing that led to rejoicing at the end of the story. I guess what I'm trying to say is, when the world unravels around us, when things don't go as planned, when what once was assumed can no longer be assumed, when we get bad news or a bad diagnosis or a bad break, when we find ourselves in the wilderness, I'm hoping we can remember the eunuch. And like him, may we study. And like him, may we ask hard questions. And like him, may we lean on the faith of others. And may we give ourselves permission to let go of an old faith in order to claim a broader, wiser faith for the moment. For I think the wilderness changes us. It invites us to grow, 
The wilderness invites us to figure out what we believe, and that is hard work, but it is holy work. Here's what I mean. Over a month ago, before corona had escalated, I received a phone call from a friend. She's a young adult friend of mine, but not someone who was ever raised in the faith tradition. Before COVID, if you asked her if she believed in a God, she would have said no. She would have said something like, I respect others' faith traditions, but it's not something I've ever really understood. To be honest, I've just never really needed a God. So when she texted me on Wednesday, March 11th, and said, I think I'm having an existential crisis, I was surprised. But I texted her back and said, why don't you call me? And she did. And together we talked on the phone while I paced in my office. And there on the phone, she told me that she had been watching the news all week and that she was afraid. She was anxious. She was afraid of getting sick. She was afraid of her parents getting sick. She was worried about family scattered around the country. She was worried about the predictions. Would we have enough medical supplies? What will happen to the poor when the economy crashes? Will parents be able to put food on the table? She worried about students. Would kids be negatively impacted by a season of distance learning? Would they ever overcome that? Will it go on as long as they say it will? I listened and agreed. All of it is hard. All of it is scary. It feels like the wilderness to me. And then she said, choking back tears that I could hear through the phone. And to make it worse, this whole scenario makes me want to believe in God. But I'm afraid that God won't want me because I've never cared before. Sarah, she asked, do you think God would want me now? The eunuch asked, what would prevent me from being baptized? My friend asked, do you think God would want me now? These are the same wilderness questions. Both my friend and that Ethiopian eunuch were asking, who do you say that God is? Who do I say that God is? Now that my world has been turned upside down, what do I believe? So friends, if you ask someone about God, Make sure you listen long enough to let them tell you about their wilderness. Because some conversations just stick together like that. And it is most often in the wilderness that we figure out what we believe. And if you find yourself in a wilderness season, or if this feels like a wilderness season for you too, then may you be like that Ethiopian eunuch. And may you be brave enough to rebuild and renew your faith. Like him, may you ask hard questions. May you lean on the faith of others. May you practice holy ritual, joining us for communion at home, praying and studying scripture. And if needed, may you grant yourself permission to let go of an old faith that no longer fits. Friends, this is the invitation of the wilderness. So who do you say that God is? This is the hard but holy work of faith. May it all end in rejoicing. Pray with me. 
Holy God, we believe. Help our unbelief. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.